I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Hey guys, today we sit down with blogger, foodie and author Sally O'Neill, aka The Fit Foodie. Sally has built a religious following over her Instagram and whole food recipes. This hasn't always been the case though for this English-born lass who said she couldn't even boil an egg when she first moved to Australia. This is a really great chat and very interesting. Sally opens up about her battle with orthorexia, an obsession with healthy eating and over-exercising. It's something Tal and I both related to and found it really interesting how Sally overcame this obsession and found a healthy balance between mind, body and food. It's a chat that everyone can relate to and we've put a link to the Butterfly Foundation in the show notes for anyone who would like more information. Don't forget to like, subscribe and give us some love. Ciao. Good morning. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) So this morning we are in beautiful sunny Sydney and we are sitting down with Fit Foodie, a.k.a. Sally O'Neill. Yeah. Hey. Thank you so much for having me, girl. I feel so privileged you've come up from Melbourne. I know. We're so excited. Hey, we got out of Melbourne. We're Dude. very happy. Hey, <laughs> the moment they were opening those borders, we're out. <laughs> Literally. And we've got the sunshine today as well. So I know, laughing. which we're so lucky about. But thank you so much for coming on Curious Conversations. Thank you for having me so yes. much. Yes. So, I mean, what's the moment? It's a bit of like we're just coming out of isolation. Um, gyms are coming Gyms back. are opening. Oh, so excited <laughs> so for the if anyone follows you, your workout <laughs> makes me feel lazy in the morning. And I'm not a lazy person. You motivate me to get up and oh, work out. thank you. I've actually heard so many people say that. It's really sweet. Um, I think it's actually my housemate's fault. <laughs> oh. I'll blame her. I don't have the motivation to get up at 4.30 in the morning, but her alarm does wake me up. So oh, does it really? <laughs> every morning. So it's actually, it's got me into a rhythm of going to bed at like 9.30 and getting up and just being like, well, I'm awake now. Yeah. I'm like the lightest sleeper. So I have oh, to get like up and then I'm like, that's, that's it. I'm done. I have to get up. I can't just lay here. Um, and she does like a 20K run in the morning. Yeah, I see that. She's that mental. makes me feel lazy. I just like hang out in the house and do weights and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> you guys are like the ultimate wing woman. Wing we're like, women. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely like the workout couple. It's yeah. Kind of, it's kind of sad. I love that. In the morning. But like come 10 a.m. when it's like tea time and everybody else is waking up and just like really coming around and having the first coffee, we're like literally like, is it lunchtime yet? We're yeah. so ready yeah. to like, we're just on a different time zone. That's true. I'm an early person as well. And so Sarah, so I've actually during isolation though I've enjoyed the sleeping yeah did your did your life I change at all during sleeping I really not I just my body clock like won't 7 a.m is a sleeping for me yeah yeah I can't get that far really no seven like when even when Tiff's alarm doesn't go off 
I my body clock then just wakes me up. up. So yeah. then I'm just like, because I've done it consistently now yeah. for like three months. You didn't take the time during isolation to slow down, like to reflect I would, a I would bit. love to say that. I would definitely say I've reflected for sure. Yeah. I don't think I've slowed down my pace of work or my workouts. Yeah. Um, and reason being is that I... I kind of, I, this, this is going to sound a bit weird, but I think I use exercise as like a mental crutch yep. in the sense that it like, and it's a good outlet for me, but like, if it's not that it could be a million other things that yeah. I need to like help calm myself down, like whether it's meditation or going for huge walks or whatever it is, but I just need to, um, I need to do something physical with my body and I need to sweat and I need to feel like I've moved it in the morning. Otherwise yeah. I can't concentrate. And <laughs> we were just saying before, it's, I'm just like a bad person. Yeah. Don't, don't see me on a Sunday when I'm having a rest day. Literally. <laughs> I'm just not pleasant. We just said, I said that too I was like yeah whoever's around me the day that I haven't worked out man I feel sorry for you seriously um so during isolation you obviously were still busy did you learn anything about yourself um that I hate slowing down yes sure yeah that's a common theme I really really struggle with it and I thought I'd actually be pretty chill I'd be like oh this is like the perfect opportunity because the demands are less on me which is like the only time that the world's been put on pause, right, that mm-hmm. we've experienced in our generation. Um, and so it's kind of like, well, there's, my inbox isn't filling up every two minutes. Yeah. And like everybody is kind of like in this state of we don't know what's going on and do we push forward with marketing budgets and um, do we push forward with this campaign? And obviously as a food photographer as well, all my restaurants have closed. Yes. Yeah. So I lost a huge stream of income that way and like wanted to support them in some way. And that's been really tricky for those guys. Um, but then, so that was all really weird. Like that slowdown was weird for me because I love working at a thousand million hours. Fast like, pace, yeah, yeah. like miles an hour. But in saying that, what I then did, I guess, to entertain myself was, because I'm doing a, I say side project, it makes me laugh. It's um, a six year degree in nutrition. Yeah. yeah, stupid idea. Um, <laughs> like, cause, just because I wanted to educate myself on nutrition properly if yeah. I'm in that health space. Um, so yeah, it's a new a degree in clinical nutrition but it's six years part-time so I was like right I'll crack through my uni degree this is the perfect time so I'll just take on more work while the other stuff goes quiet um and so now I'm doing four units I normally do like two and now I'm overwhelmed with uni and I'm like six weeks behind on lectures and like yeah just not on top of it at all um but it's, it's really, really interesting. It's given me time to really focus on my yeah. studies, which is great. And yeah. I've still, like, kept entertained and busy and all that jazz. Yeah. So you said you do photography. We should probably tell us, well, tell the listeners, what is your job title? Ooh. I feel like you're an all-rounder, right? I don't have a job. To, I don't have a job, so I don't have to tell anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, nobody ever asked me that. Um, so in terms of, like, what I do on a daily basis, yeah. so I do, yeah, I do food photography and I'm a food stylist as well, so I, like, work on both angles. Um, and then I obviously do my nutrition degree. I've got a blog. Um, I've just pitched my third cookbook. Ah, oh, amazing. Which is fun. I was going to um, say, during this time, did you get creative with your recipes and yeah, things like I that? Yeah, I think so. I think I just got, uh, to be honest, I have found when I first started what I do, um, which originally was just the blog. Yeah. I was so inspired about because I had no cooking skills whatsoever. I literally came really? over, yeah, came over from the UK and I didn't know how to boil an egg. I'm not even no joking. At 24 years old, couldn't boil an egg, which is so majorly Babe, embarrassing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> to be fair, I was a backpacker and I did not have good Wi-Fi. Um, but I actually got our do. I 
remember I first hit Melbourne and I was on Flinders Street outside Coles and I got out of the supermarket and was like, okay, where are all the microwave meals? I'm not oh, going no to way. survive. And I phoned my mom and I was literally like, I think I'd been in Australia like three days and was like, mom, I've been living off cereal. What, how do I cook? Like, what do I do no with a way. piece of raw chicken? I don't know what I'm doing. And she sent me an email like with all her stuff, like really simple stuff. Yeah. It was like one pan. <laughs> But like turn the oven on put it in um and so but I was really shocked because she used to put um she used to like English like make it really English so she'd put all like really naff food in there basically so like if she made a I think this is amazing if she made lasagna in the meat she used to put jam jam How don't say that to the Italian sitting opposite that, me please that horrendous I've just cringed I know but apparently like the sweetness brings out the meat flavour wait so like strawberry um, apparently palm? raspberries the, <laughs> the prime choice really isn't that random I've never heard Into of that the meat. I did see Sarah's body just like <laughs> like cringe a little bit like, <laughs> yeah have you so, tried that you I, used, apparently I used to eat it all the time as a kid. I had no idea it was in there. Because obviously like, I just like just take whatever in. she gives me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I ate and had no idea. It was yeah. like really unhealthy. I'm thinking, oh, it's like a home-cooked lasagna. Yeah. And it's just not. Oh, it's got like heaps of sugar in it. That's wild. Um, so all the stuff she sent me through, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I ate this for years. And like, no wonder I'm not my slimmest self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I... Yeah, I started to learn to cook off those recipes, but then I would cut things out like, okay, I probably don't need a full stick of butter yeah, in yeah. this, so maybe I'll cut it down to half and see what it tastes mm-hmm. like. And I started sending recipes back to her on email and said, oh, I've kind of healthified this, try it this way, which I'm sure she loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went on for months, and I started actually getting really like creative with food. Yeah. Um, and then my then boyfriend at the time, I'd been with him for 10 years, and we came over to Australia together, and he said, let's set up like an online directory of your recipes piece because like that's how like your mum can then log on and see him and then we can find stuff again if we want to yeah. make stuff twice um and I didn't know it was like he set it up for me I didn't know what a blog was absolutely no idea and it was actually a blog and he looked at the statistics about three months later and said you know it's not just your mum looking at this okay. it's public and I had no idea oh <laughs> literally God. thought it was just me and the mum and were you putting photos up to no him? no because like I just didn't care yeah. it's literally just Recipe. words it was really? literally what like was a called? string of words um, oh, it was so, oh, na- something like naturally nutritious something, or it was awful. It was a really, it was a really nice name. I love this story. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. So then he was like, "Oh, there's people looking at it." I was like, oh, "Crap! I mean, like, need to make it look decent." Then, so yeah. I gave it. Then I changed it to the Fit Foodie. Um, and um, yeah, and then I started adding photos, and they were literally like iPhone snaps in the dark of like slop on a plate yeah. un- under like you know the yeah. oven light, looking horrendous. Well, back then, you didn't really care what it looked like. No one cared. Yeah. Um, and then Instagram kind of came about yeah. at the same time, and I started like putting stuff onto Insta. Um, and that kind of blew up, which was weird because my photography was terrible. But yeah. I just think like I was an early adopter as well, so yeah. that really helped. Um. And then, yeah, and then all these views started coming to the website and then probably two years on. So I, I got sponsorship in Australia, to call yeah. a long story short, but um, I was doing a really naff admin job and the guy said to me, um, we've never had somebody do admin as well as you. Oh, I don't know. I know. That's a what an, what an accolade. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I can file things well. Um, so he said, look, I'll sponsor you. Um, but I was so bored in that job. I was yeah. like a project manager of something or other um, doing management training for, um, 
accountants or something. It was yeah. so dull. Um, and so I um, was super bored. And while I was at work, in all the hours of downtime when I was supposed to be working, I was working on the blog. So I, I was, was building say, I was it and adding, Good adding photos and Smart. looking at everybody else's yeah. blog. Yeah. Too right, yeah. right? Um, and so it was like self-investment, basically, that whole time. And then, <laughs> um, and then I, so I grew the blog. And then weirdly enough, somebody contacted me on LinkedIn. Of all places, it's like yeah. the one platform I just to- totally disregard. Um, and said, hey, we've seen your stuff online and we love it and we'd love to invite you in for a meeting. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll, t- cool. I'll take that. No idea who this person was. Yeah. Um, Googled the offices and I'm like, Bauer, who's Bauer? Oh, the oh, people wow. who do Get all it, of yeah. Women's Weekly cookbooks, that's cool, and like all the magazines. And I thought they'll have me do like a preface to a Women's Weekly cookbook where they yeah. just have like an intro from one of the cool like health people. Yeah. And I turned up and they got all Lorna Jane's books because they do all her yeah. stuff and, and like other people's books and they said... Oh, so we just want you to like cook and shoot the whole thing. Can we take all the photos off your website and just put it into print and turn it into a cookbook? At the time when you said your photo, photos looked terrible, they were terrible. No, no. Like, <laughs> so then I'm mortified thinking, do I want my first book to be really naff? And do I want it all to be available on a website already? Yeah. Probably not. Um, but at that time, I was just so happy. And I kind of was just like, yeah, I can totally do a book. That's yeah. awesome, guys. Um, and walked out of there super excited. And they said, look, just send us all your raw files and we'll get them like re-edited and put them into a book. And I got home and I'm like looking through my files. And I'm like, I don't know what raw means, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I can totally just send the files across. And I obviously like, had no idea about photography. And I sent them all these JPEG files. I'm like, yeah, cool. So can you send us the raw ones? And I'm like, mm, no, <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and they said, well, we can't actually print JPEG. We need raw files. Yeah. So um, you're going to have to shoot the whole thing again. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to write all new recipes and I will shoot the whole thing. And I'm going to learn proper photography and styling on YouTube. So I'd like, I think I did it in four weeks. No and I way. just literally from morning till night sat and watched video after video after video after video. and was like, how do I do so this? So they gave you a timeline? Yeah. So they, they oh were like, we need, to, we need to get it on shelf. So you need to start shooting soon. Uh, and how then, many recipes was that? I think it was seven. 70. Did you ever think, why me? I would have been like, I was why just me? like so overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm like in over my head so far. And you just... walked away from the admin job yet? No. Oh. So then it was, I, I then I, because I, what I then started to do was I wanted to monetize the blog. Yeah. And I was like, I need, this is my passion. I need to do it. I can't yeah. keep working with people that I'm not interested, like interested in working with. Um, and so I, because at that point, I then moved from the job that I was doing that was the admin role, and I started working for Medicare for six months in obesity prevention. So it all kind of linked in, but it was more with people who, like, didn't really care for their health and had got into yeah. a situation. And I wanted to work on the opposite end of the spectrum mm-hmm. with people who were excited about health. Yeah. So I was finding it really difficult and challenging. And I so I did that for six months, and then I was like, no, I need to monetize the blog. And I started a health food product, like a protein ball mix, which was called Fitnesses. Yay. Um, and that I started that at Bondi Farmers, did that for two weeks and was like, hmm, this is absolute garbage. I don't want to stand out yeah, in the rain yeah. and talk to people and like do the hard sell yeah. to sell a $3 protein ball. It's just not my jam. So I'm like, how do I scale this and get it into stores? And I started like, hang on, I'll just take all the ingredients, throw it in a bag and sell it into yeah. health food stores. And I think I got like four or five places to sell it. And then within a year, I got a distributor and then we ended up with like 360 stores around mm-hmm. ours. Um, and then American Apparel came to me and said, hey, can we have it in America? We want to take it to Canada. And I'm like, hang on a minute. There's one person, me, trying to do my degree and do this oh, wow. and start the blog and do the book. I can't handle it. So mm-hmm. I ended up selling it about a year ago. and was just like, somebody else do this. Like, yeah. I don't have the energy and the time to dedicate the time it mm-hmm. needed to spend on like rebranding and all that jazz. So um, 
so I sold that bad boy but then like kind of in the meantime so I learned photography and whatever on YouTube and then just as I'm about to start shooting this first book I'm like so stoked like it's my big break this is awesome my the guy that I was with I'd been with for 10 years had a terrible motorcycle accident <gasps> and he broke pretty much every bone in his body and went into ICU oh, no. and he was there for three weeks and we, we had no family here together yeah. so I was literally like his only like family yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I had to go and he's on a ventilator and didn't recognize who I was and mm. um <clears throat> it was just terrible actually it was a really horrible time and then he came back and he was on a, in a wheelchair for about six weeks and he couldn't wash himself and he couldn't feed himself because he'd broken one arm and then the opposite collarbone so he literally had no use of his arms so then in the morning I'd get up and I'd like wheel him into the shower shower him down and then I'd have to come out and be like right okay let's just and we'd moved all the furniture out of the way in this tiny one-bedroom apartment in the middle of the city <laughs> And I was shooting up this book on the floor with my YouTube videos going yeah. in the background oh, and a boyfriend gosh. going, babe, can I have a drink? I need the straw. I'm just like, this is too much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we got there and it went out and it did. It actually did all right. I was shocked. I was like, super, it was just a very interesting experience. Yeah. That is wild. What I'm year sorry. was that published? So that was, oh my gosh, 2018. Really? Yeah. So not that long ago. No, it feels like a lifetime yeah. ago. Yeah. Lifetime ago. I think I shot it in 2017 and it takes a year to go on the shelf. Yeah. So I think it was out in 2018. Okay. Um, and then I went to a different publisher for the second one. So I went to, um, Murdoch just because they're amazing at doing lifestyle books and foodie books. Um, and went to him with a completely different concept, which was meal prep. Um, and they helped me develop that. And then I shot that one in my now apartment that we're in now, yeah. that's actually got a bit of a home studio, which is so handy yeah. and like, a lot more beautiful. space. It's beautiful lighting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That literally came in here and was like the light. I'll take yeah, it. I'm like, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of where I am now, which oh is, oh my gosh, it's been a bit of a journey, but yeah. And, and along the way, um, and we were, we were just talking about this a minute ago, but like, fell into the trap of just admiring everybody who's in fitness and stuff yeah. on social yeah. media um, and took it too far and ended up with what was termed as orthorexia. I was going to say, ask about in this timeline, mm. um, where did your well-publicised orthorexia fall? Yeah, so oh, just for like the audience's purpose as well. So yeah. orthorexia, um, obviously everyone's familiar with anorexia, yes. right? But yeah. orthorexia is the obsession with, or unhealthy obsession with being healthy, healthy yeah. essentially. So um which is a really tricky concept. If you've yeah. ever experienced anything like that, you someone to say you're doing something too good to your body, mm. stop doing it, doesn't really compute. Yeah. So I found it incredibly difficult to understand that it was even a problem. I'm like, yeah. I don't get this. Like, I'm yeah. eating all yeah. the right things and working out as much as humanly possible. Yeah. How How is that wrong? Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a mental health problem. Yeah. And it's not about almost like the amount that you're doing but exactly. it's your mental attitude towards yeah. it and whether you're nourishing yourself properly and exactly what were the signs that you saw from like yourself mm. that you kind of so it's the really physical or like mental signs that you saw yeah so um first of all all my hair started falling out yeah and I remember being in the shower and literally dropping to the floor and it was all in my hands yeah. I felt like a cancer patient it was yeah. literally all yeah. in my hands I'm like hang on a minute this is not right yeah then I lost my periods okay that's a sign, and then yeah. and then I was because that still at that point yeah. I was in the phase of like oh my god I've got abs and I'm getting yeah, so and many compliments and I'm, and I'm so out. healthy yeah, yeah. 
Um, and that was always, I was fixated on having abs, which is ridiculous. Like yeah. it's just such a not a thing that women also need. Pressure but from Instagram and absolutely. I just yeah. wanted to look like everyone else. Yeah. I was like, this looks amazing and yeah. I want it. And I got it. And then I just felt horrendous for it. Um, but I did it the totally wrong way because I basically starved and overexercised yeah. at the same time. And I didn't think I was starving myself because I was having huge meals, but they yeah. were so low calorie. Yeah. Like konjac noodles that have got absolutely nothing in them, but they're mm-hmm. really high fiber. Yeah. So I was having heat of those every day and like putting them in smoothies and just trying to get them in every meal really? possible because they just fill you up yeah. um and then like I might have an egg and three bunches of asparagus yeah as a main meal yeah. like that's not, not okay enough. it's yeah. just when you train in two yeah. three hours a day it's just not enough nah. to sustain and especially yourself especially for a woman as well like but this, it's not this enough. is something that Tal and I both relate to as yeah. well like I mm. know personally I've gone through this in my younger 20s mm. and the same thing I just it was such a control thing for me. Like yeah. there was it's other shit going to on in well my life mental. and I couldn't control what was going on. I was like, what can I control? It was how mm. much I ate and how much I exercised. Mm. And then it just became so obsessive. Yeah. Like the time I woke up, what exercise, yeah. what I ate on a, like a hard running day, what I ate on a, like. It a almost gives your life a bit of direction and purpose it as well. Does. When you we feel can, like you don't have anything. I agree with that. Yeah. It's almost like this is my project. I'm my project. Yeah. I'm going to keep like. Um, improving on myself all the mm-hmm. time and you think you're doing well by yourself and what you're actually doing is damaging yeah. obviously like I had no menstrual like cycle yeah, you're actually damaging your organs and god knows what yeah. so um yeah so that's that was the biggest like for Science. want of a better word like red flag yeah. yeah and I went to the GP actually a horrible GP who I'm hoping is in no longer in practice who looked at me and said get on the scales mm-hmm. oh, um, I and I'm like no. hang on a minute and I got and I was really upset I was like I'm you know I'm worried about my fertility and I don't really understand what's happening because mm-hmm. at that time I really couldn't understand that I, I was overtraining and under eating mm-hmm. how old were you 27 when I got diagnosed and I'm 33 now so it's actually like it it actually only lasted for about eight months the whole thing um but then obviously there's the mental health side to deal with so the physical stuff yeah of course um kind of came and went pretty quickly but yeah the the mental health side probably took another two years on top of that um but yeah went to the GP and she's like hop on the scales and she said you need to eat more and you need to go and do some yoga and stop training on the cross trainer and literally sent me out the door and she went you know you're anorexic (gasps) oh no and I was like hang on excuse me and I obviously was not ready for that diagnosis and I also thought no hang on a minute that like I I went home and I typical me like so in-depth researched about anorexia and was like what are the symptoms? What are the signs? And I just didn't relate with any of it because yeah. I'm like, yes, it, there's elements of an eating yeah. disorder that make sense to me, but the actual um, certain actions, like the obsession with being thin mm-hmm. or low weight, wasn't anything on my radar at all. It was more about being Their healthy, health, yeah. Yeah. and so I couldn't understand what she was saying when she was like, "Oh, you know, don't exercise so much." She was like, that, "That's not me. Do I'm like not hiding food yeah. or eating like skipping meals. Yeah. I eat all the time." Do you think anything in your life triggered you? to get like you know how you said before like you realized your mom was like cooking food and like and you obviously you know saw an attraction to health and wellness and Mm. stuff do you think there's anything in your life that triggered you to become that obsessive or anything like that I don't know I'm definitely type a control freak and I have yeah like it's just I think it's part of the territory right of like that personality type that you just perfectionist and everything has to be spot on and you have to have control yeah Uh, which is not necessarily a good thing, obviously, because it manifests in different ways. And I think for me, it's weird because obviously I went through that trauma with the cookbook and the boyfriend and all that at once. Um, But 
it was the timeline of me going through orthorexia was actually pre-cookbook. So um, it wasn't that that triggered yeah. it. You'd think like there was, was there an event, but really, honestly, it kind of progressed. I, I moved into a building where there was an awesome gym. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I've got no excuse not to work out. And when I was younger, I used to have loads of panic attacks. It's just, again, like mm-hmm. another um, perfectionist thing, I think. And um, I was really prone to them and I had loads of panic attacks. And the GP said to me, I have to put you on benzos to calm you down. Mm-hmm. So benzodiazepines. Um, essentially Valium. Yeah. But because of that, I also need to see you doing things for yourself, like exercise. And at that point, I was never, I was like 18 and I'd never stepped inside a gym. And as soon as I started working out, my cortisol and everything just like lowered yeah. heaps. And I was obviously burning off all my adrenaline and was like, oh my God, I'm not having panic attacks anymore. This is incredible. I mm-hmm. feel amazing. And then my body started to change. So that was my first kind of run in with, oh my God, health's amazing. Like working out is good. amazing. Yeah. And like, it's obviously doing good things for me and it's getting rid of panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I had control over a symptom that I really was struggling with. Yeah. Um, and then I guess anytime I felt out of control, like moving countries is always obviously like a huge stress. Yeah. Um, and then being with someone that I knew I wasn't going to be with really long term was difficult. And um, so it was probably just a combination of things. But mm-hmm. it, I think getting into the health space is very tricky because you are surrounded by people. I mean, there's people on a, a no shade at all. because I've been one of them, but there's people on social media that purport like... Um, propose that you do certain things and you eat a certain way and you'll look a certain way and we all know realistically that biology biologically we're all, we all different we all have different yeah, fingerprints different. for goodness sake yeah. like we're all so different and mm-hmm. we all react so differently to certain diets and to say this is a prescription for everyone is um such a dangerous thing to do I think and, yeah. and we're so impressionable in like Agreed. when you're in your 20s yeah um, and with Instagram taking off at that time and then me gaining a, a, like attention through it, yeah. it was like, hang on, this is just a bad mix. Of, yeah. I want to look good because I get compliments. And then when I get yeah. compliments, I feel so good. And it's just like this cycle of, oh, but if I eat well and I'm doing all these good yeah. things and I feel great, then why would I not keep doing this? But then it's like, hang on, I've trained three hours today yeah, <laughs> and like had a couple of salads that's not okay. Yeah. I think like, obviously what Sarah said before, we've kind of gone through something similar. It's so funny when you're going through something like that, like we're smart, like we're smart, we're so self-aware and in the back of your mind, you know, it's not right, but you do, you become so addicted to yeah. that perfection, that kind of like addiction. It's an achievement thing of yeah. like, to, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm that's okay. On the background. <laughs> um, it's a, an achievement of like every day you, like I, my, we were talking in, um, earlier about how um, I was obsessed with steps. Yeah. So I got a heart rate monitor and it wasn't just like a Fitbit. It was a full like chest strap. Yeah. And I, you're not meant, you're literally meant to wear it for exercise. And in the end I was like, I have to sleep in this thing. Like no I need way. to know what my heart yeah. rate is all the time. Yeah. So I know how many calories I've burnt. So then I know how much to eat and like, it just was a maths game an and it was an obsession over numbers of like, if I, I, I remember at one point when it was really bad and I would go out to the supermarket and there was literally a supermarket underneath where I lived and I would go to like the one 30 minutes away so that I had to run there oh, yeah. to get extra steps in because then it's like a purposeful yeah. exercise. Oh my God, I, I so crazy ridiculous. stuff like that. Why are we so fucked? Do you? <laughs> so silly. So like when you say it out loud, you're like, yeah. I'm actually insane. It's so ridiculous. Do you still find any of these elements in your life that you struggle with today? No, um, yes and no. I think there's... Um, wow, there's... that washing machine. Really <laughs> I'm, so, checked I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> not okay um so there's certain things where 
I'm kind of reminded of what used to happen, I think. Yeah. So, for example, um, I we, like I was saying quite often when people have eating disorders, and I'm sure it's the same um, across, like, the different mm-hmm. spectrums, yeah. um, that I used to find things that would really trigger certain um, responses. And so, for me, because I was, like, star- essentially starving myself compared to the exercise that I was doing, when I went to see a psychologist, she said, you need to, whatever you really, really love you have to eat a lot of it. So find a food that you think is valuable, essentially. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like if someone said to me, you know, go and eat a fried donut, I'd be like, well, that's a total waste of calories because I actually don't enjoy fried donuts. Yeah. Well, we were just saying this yeah. yesterday. Just not delicious. Yeah, no. But, but like um, a bar of like delicious chocolate, yeah, hand it to me, me yeah. and I'll eat five. Like, yeah. So I had to find something essentially of high value. And for me at that time, it was, and high calorie as well, calorie dense, was peanut butter. Oh my God. I literally uh, actually had an obsession with it. Yeah. So when it was in the house, I couldn't physically stop thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. And I'd be like, it's in the cupboard. I'll go and have a teaspoon. And then like a late, like an hour later, I'd be like, I need a tablespoon. And then it would, and then yeah. I'd literally end up by the end of the day on the floor eating the whole jar. Yeah. And then just feel horribly sick. Yeah. And I spoke to the psychologist about that and she was like, you know what? You need to let that happen because if you don't put weight on, you're going to get hospitalized. Yeah. So if that's the way that you lose control around food, it's actually a premeditated thing that we mm-hmm. need you to do. Um, and so now, when I, it's weird, I can freely have peanut. It I sounds just, such a strange thing to I, say, but like I can have peanut butter in the yeah. house and like it doesn't wig me out to have yeah. it. I don't think about it for weeks and it yeah. can stay there in the cupboard for like six months and I've maybe not even opened it. I was going to ask you if you had eaten it. Does it yeah, yeah, I've got, I, I got into, apparently I had to go through, exp- she said there's two ways you do it. You never, ever have it in the house, ever. Yeah. Or you do exposure therapy and you buy 20 jars of it and you have it in the house and you, I promise you might go through two, three, four jars and then you'll get so sick of it. You'll never yeah. want to see it again. Huh, and I went for option two and was just like, yeah, I've normalized it. There's yeah. so much, once I've eaten one jar, there's another 50 to go out. Yeah. Like it's never going to run out. That's true. Have some more tomorrow. It's so true. It's so far hard finding that balance between, I know when I went through it, I don't know when you t- went through it tough, but I was like, I, I cut off sweets and then I'd binge on sweets mm. and we've been talking to a couple of girlfriends recently and they're like, how do you find that balance? So you had it in your house. Mm. How, what was the period of finding that balance? Like, because everyone wants something so instantaneously now you're like, I want to be fixed now. Yeah. Oh, totally. It, for me, I honestly can say I've probably only a hundred percent feel like myself again in the last two years and I'm 33 now so that for like the the weight regain as I was saying like I lost it really quickly I went from 56 kilos to 43 kilos in the space of like eight months so I shed weight yeah um and then um I obviously lost my periods, went to see a psychologist. I actually went to see a different GP, got a second opinion. She said, orthorexia, you need more advanced help. Did you know what it was? No idea. Went and did a load of research on it, like a typical A-type. Like, I need to know everything about this possible and how did it happen and why has it happened to me? Do you still have the perfectionism (laughs) trait in you? (laughs) So much. I mean, I feel (laughs) like... It's obscene. It's like... But it's on different things that are more healthy now, right? Um, and And I'm very aware if I start to fall into a bad headspace with stuff... I instantaneously recognize it now. Whereas yeah. before I couldn't pick up on it. Yeah. And now I'm like, hang on a minute. 
I shouldn't feel rubbish if I don't work out yeah. in the morning. Like I should be able to have a day when I have a rest day and yeah. not feel bad about it. Yeah. So what's that about? And then I'll do some introspection about that. So that probably is one thing that's come out of ISO is that like I've really kind of tried to look at myself and go, why do you need to work out every morning? Uh-huh. Like why do you why do you not feel like a good person? Yeah, not a good person, but like you know, in terms of energy wise and like in terms of how I function, like I can't really concentrate very well if I haven't worked out. What is that about? Mm. Um, and I've had more time to analyze that in ISO, which has been good. Have you I think. found any kind of solutions? To- I think I just need green space where on the days that I don't, because like it's my release, right? Yeah. So if I don't have any kind of release, then I need to find a different way to get it. Yeah. And right. so, and either a big walk. So I'm really like quite close to the opera house, which is incredible. And I get to do the like foreshore yes, walk. Yeah. So I'll try and do that. Like if I'm having a day off, at least even if it's so slow and yeah. I put an audio book on, I distract myself and I get in, because it's really beautiful and green and I'll not look at my phone. Because yeah. if I have an audio, if I put music on, I stare at my phone. If I've worked out, if I have an audio book on, I'm really focused Present. on the, yeah, I'm focused on what's being said. So then I put my phone in my pocket. So I've started doing that and I'm like, oh, I'm educating myself. I'm getting a bit of movement. I'm getting some like green space and some water and, yeah. and that and that makes me feel better yeah. without doing exercise. So it's one or the other. Yeah, for both of you, this is a question for both of you. On the days that you don't exercise, mm-hmm. is there a lot of head chatter? Like do you beat yourself up? Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, I think for me I have head chatter like when I feel, trying to make the decision to not exercise or exercise like the head chatter is constant and it'll be like if you don't exercise you're going to be a bad person if you don't exercise what if you get like I have the head chatter the initial decision but Mm. once I've made that decision it's gone yeah yeah same for me so I yeah I get the head chatter of like well I could just stretch instead yeah yeah. (laughs) or I can just do a little quick booty workout or maybe I'll just do a 10 minute core session I'm like Stop that's being, exactly what but goes that's when I catch myself yes, and I'm like exactly. hang on this is actually ridiculous it's like not, 10 minutes of core isn't going to change your life yeah let yes, it go exactly my you yeah. need to be okay yeah. with not doing anything yeah. and so that's when I'm like no just go and do a walk yeah don't be ridiculous go and have a coffee with a friend yeah think about something else and then it like within 10 minutes that feeling's gone yeah agreed. but I do find that my mood is so affected by two things one the weather yeah, yeah. like insanely affected by the weather if it's cloudy in Sydney I'm a horrible person mm-hmm. like thank god I moved from a, from the UK like oh yeah 100%. god forbid anyone wow. knew me in the uk anybody who did i'm sorry um but yeah i'm such a happy person when it's sunny and then um the other thing is yeah the exercise thing so i just i really have to just check myself when i'm like starting to be grouchy with people on no exercise days so now there's, <laughs> it's a work in progress i know trust me. so now there's no foods that you uh like no go foods like you can no. go out and have a pizza and feel really content about it yeah i think yeah. because when i train i train a lot smarter now so yeah. Rather than just going for like volume of training and going for like hours and hours, I'm like, no, I've got an hour or I've got two hours um, and I'm going to go heavy mm-hmm. and then, or I'm really like focus on a certain area and I'm doing a lot of mind muscle connection at the moment, which yeah. I've never really paid any attention to, but I'm finding it's really like shaping, just doing different things yeah. to my body. What is, what is mind muscle connection? So when you focus on a particular muscle that you're trying to work, um, it actually engages it a lot more, which okay. is so like, there's loads of science, uh, scientific uh, papers on it about how much it actually, um, activates the muscle a lot more when you're physically thinking about it so if you're just going through a motion you can do a movement and I say I'm doing like fire hydrants and I'm trying to target my like my side glute um you can do the movement you can do 10 and it not really it's kind of sore but that's it whereas if you do the mind muscle connection thing so you're actually really concentrating hard on like I need my muscles to activate um 
you'll get to 10 reps and you're sore. Like really? it's a different feeling. It's so different. Yeah. Um, and I find like when I'm in a gym in Sydney, I'll be like looking around, seeing if there's any hot guys who <laughs> like, is my favorite PT and you know, the usual. And I'm like not really paying attention. Then my phone goes off and I'm answering yeah. five messages. But because I've been at home, I've really concentrated on like that kind of stuff. And um, I actually read a book called... Um, I think it's called like the the glute handbook or the I have to have what it him it's by uh, Brett Contreras, okay, who, uh, the the glute guy on social media, um, and he has so written you a, need that guy. <laughs> my glutes don't activate. If I mine Sarah just don't say, do anything. My glutes are not activating. I'm like, yeah, you should follow him. He's amazing. Like, and I was just picturing trying to like mentally like <laughs> like trying to actually just squeezing <laughs> in the kitchen. Um, but yeah, he's done like an awesome book that's um, it's all science based mm-hmm. and it's um, like a full text book about every muscle and how the muscle fibers work and all that jazz so and in there I was reading about the mind muscle connection thing and now like went so far deep into journals and scientific studies and was like because again a type like I have to know everything about one topic um and so and yeah so that's really changed my training so now like because I'm training in that way I find that I don't have to I don't feel like I need to do so many hours and I don't really want to do a lot of cardio because I'm trying to grow muscle yeah. at the moment so it's kind of like wow I don't have to go on the treadmill yeah. for six hours a day or whatever I was yeah. doing um and so I'm just I've totally changed how I train and it's yeah. um it's just not it's just nice mentally yeah. as well to not feel like obliged to work food off yeah but then also I'm incredibly hungry because I'm trying to grow muscle yeah. right so I get so sore yeah and then as soon as I walk out of like my PT Starving. session or whatever I'm like I need three meals like, yeah. I literally need to eat my lunch at like 10 a.m. Yeah. Because I'm starving. And you've been up since 4.30. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true, true. I was just going to ask you that before. I know when I was in a similar headspace, I was like cardio freak. Like I would run, 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 like everything cardio. And my mental state was just so bad. Yeah. So it's interesting to hear yeah. you've, you're, you were Same. similar because I train in that way too now. Mm. I'm like a lot less high intensity. But then having said that, I prefer high t- high intensity training. Like I love to sweat. Yeah. But then I like the element of that. See, so. I love to sweat, but I don't want to, I'm, I'm going to sound like such a bro. I don't no. want to lose my gains. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I now go into, like I do infrareds. I'm just oh, like, dang. that's the what like gets the toxins out and it's a nice sweat. And yeah. then um, every now and again, I've tried to like pull back on it because I was doing like three or four spin classes a week yeah. at a place called Upcycle around the corner yeah. from me. And it's awesome. It's like um, rhythm riding. Yeah. <laughs> opening up in Melbourne I'm oh sure. my gosh I hope so no I think it's the other one there's, two. there's there's a couple of places yeah. that do it now um but yeah it's like um what's the one in America Soul Cycle. So it's exactly yeah. like Soul yeah. Cycle, yeah which so, is so fun oh my gosh so fun and you don't even realize you're working out no. there's literally a puddle of sweat on underneath and you're like hang on this is great um so yeah I um I freaked out actually when I when I so hit I'm like oh my God, I can't do rhythm oh, riding. Like yeah. I can't do my spin classes. I'm going to get fat. You know, yeah. like the, the just, initial head the, Yeah, just yeah. the like yeah. crazy lady in my head. Um, and I guess ISO's proved that, hang on a minute, I've actually trained in a completely different yeah. way and it's been a lot less intense, a lot less sweat. Um, but my body actually has responded so much better yeah. to it. And it's made me realize that, no, I don't you have don't to have do 15,000 steps a day and like true. this much cardio. Yeah. And, 
it's amazing when your body like it's more your mind is put to the mm-hmm. test than your body and you're like yeah. I have to be okay with this same with me like I've been doing a lot more Pilates and I've just become so much more toned yeah like, I love and I'm like, reformer I had a reformer bed in my bedroom oh, I saw that <laughs> so I've good I've got no room at my house for one but I was just doing like um like Pilates like I mean Sarah did the other day and she's like you're a fucking psycho it was it's hard but it's I'm the really same as changed my body and I've realized that I don't need to be doing all that high intensity stuff all yeah, the time absolutely and yeah. like it's whatever you enjoy as well exactly. right like there's there's definitely such a huge mental aspect to exercise um that like and you obviously have to be careful not to take it too far but yeah. like people love to run and it's meditative yeah i find that like the world's same. worst torture yeah. my same. head the whole time is just like same when is this torture going to be over? I've got to go like another, like you've only done two kilometers. Yeah. You need to keep going for another, let's do it's a hill, blah, blah, blah. The competitive Constant. side of you. I'm the same. Sarah can run outside easy. Like you don't have any head chatter. No, I just, I, I find it really peaceful. I, I'm like you. I'm like, I need to know how far I've run. I need to know the points. Yeah. What's I need my to heart do, rate at? Yeah. How many steps have I done? How much longer is this torture going to go on for? Yeah. Like yeah. just hate it. And I think because I, so when I was um, training and I had the orthorexia stuff going on, um, I was like, because I had a gym in my building, I felt this weird guilt, I think, of like not going because it was so close and oh, like I yeah. didn't even have to go outside. So it's like, I'm such a lazy bitch mm-hmm. if I don't get down there. Um, and I used to go on the cross trainer and put um, I, like good chef, bad chef or whatever I used to put on in the morning. <laughs> Amazing. Good quality TV. Um, and I would, yeah, I'd go on the cross trainer and I'd literally watch back to back episodes. Um, and then two or three hours had gone by and I would do it every day. And I'd be like, oh, oh my, my God, God, my steps are amazing. This is fab. And that's obviously how I shed so much weight. Um, but then I was like, oh, it's weird. My knees are a bit inflamed and like, I can't really go upstairs anymore. And like, this is not okay. I'm like, you know, like late twenties, that's not right. And I went to see, um, somebody about my, like a knee specialist. And he's like, hon, you've just literally worn away the fat pads oh, behind your knees. So you're like God. bone on bone and we can't get it back. Like you can't How do you actually recover from that. So I, he said like we can give you injections. So you can have like PRP injections um, where they take your own blood and they spin it and then they put the plasma back in. And like there's just a million different like treatment options. But then he also said, look, when the inflammation goes down, you're probably going to find that you've got a lot more function. But for that, you have to stop, stop. doing a thousand million steps yeah. a day. And did you stop? No, I've definitely <laughs> took It took a long time. So that yeah. was quite, funnily enough, that was one of the main parts of going to psychology, like my psychology appointments mm-hmm. was every week she'd give me a new step that you're going to actually like die of laughter. Um, so I think I was doing something like between 25 and 30,000 steps before exercise a oh day. Oh my God. Yeah, I can't then, even get to 10,000. Oh, it's it's crazy. Like when I think about it, I'm like, what was it's I wild. actually doing? Yeah. Because on at lunchtime, I would walk to work and then at lunchtime, and I'd be like, oh, I've got time had, to go for a walk. You had a work, like a job. I had a job at this point, yeah. So I'd get up and I'd train crazy early and then I would do, I'd walk to work and then it'd be lunchtime and like, oh, I've got opportunity to go and work yeah. out. So then I'd like run all around Darling Harbour and then come back and then do work for the afternoon and then I'd go back to the gym and I'd sit on like the bike or whatever yeah. for another hour and then I'd go home and I'd probably eat and then I might do like another hour before bed. Oh my God, this like, is this taking is me back ridiculous. to when I was obsessed. It's just, it's, it's just something to do as yeah. well. I think I was just, I just didn't have anything to do. Yeah. I was bored and like, it was a challenge. Yeah. Can I ask your question because I when I think about it like I think about sometimes when I see myself slipping back into like obsessive things Mm. like that 
I'm always like in my head, I'm like, but Tully, you weren't happy. Were you happy? I was miserable. Yeah. I actually slipped into de- major depression. Yeah, yeah. I had three weeks and I'll never forget it. it. I just have so much sympathy for anyone who has to go. Because mine was obviously a brush with it, but I feel like three weeks. But um, anyone who goes through anything like that, I literally was laid in bed and I got no joy out of anything at all. No. Like, didn't get any joy out of seeing my boyfriend. And he was like, hey, let's go to the National Park. Let's do something fun. Why don't we go to the cinema? And he was just trying to coax me into yeah. doing something. And I just saw absolutely no point in doing anything. Mm-hmm. Just like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to wake up tomorrow. Like it got yeah. to that point where I was like, I have no joy yeah. in my life. But you imagine like you're not feeding yourself and you're no. over and you're burning anything off you're 10 times you're, over. Yeah, yeah. You just, the chem, the chemistry yeah. in your brain is not right. Um, and so, yeah, I probably had about the, like those three weeks where I was in bed and I could not get out of bed. Yeah. Like number one, exhaustion, right? But number two, just absolute malaise and like miserable yeah miserable yeah do you ever like are you inspired to help other young women or women that are dealing with this like do you do anything because I think anyone that's listening now I can guarantee you that probably 90% of the females listening have gone through something similar Mm. Are you like? Have you helped? Like, what's your process now with helping women? Yeah, so I um I actually just uh, I've been pre ISO again. I just did a um a couple of talks on it at yeah. the Mind Body Mind Body Spirit Festival. Oh yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah, and I actually I was it was really really confronting for me because I mm-hmm. wanted to really drive the message home about like how quickly it can happen as yeah. well and like um what it looks like. So I thought I looked healthy at the time and I was taking heaps of body shots in the gym and like oh look at all my progress and yeah. I'm doing like the comparison like yeah. <laughs> pixel things um and like I actually put one of them up and everybody in the audience just gasped and was like really? holy shit it, sorry censored at the start, but like no, that's okay um did I anyone sick but as I, the, I did anyone in your family or friends be like hey I, well I was obviously away from family right because yeah. I didn't have any family in Australia um the my then boyfriend I think he was just such a sensitive yeah. topic to comment on someone's bod you know Especially like girlfriend like, maybe like, looking real thin yeah um it's just really tricky and so he did you know he made comment about like oh you're not really eating that much mm. but but in reality, I was eating a volume of food. So it didn't look like there was anything going yeah. wrong from the outside. It so was just like, oh, she's been really healthy. Like, neither of us understood it. Yeah. It's like, well, she's just been really healthy. This is a question for both of you. Say there's someone listening and they can see these traits in their friend or a mum's mm-hmm. listening and they see it in their daughter. How would you want someone to approach it? I hate this question because... You- it depends if you're ready to receive that information. Yeah. Exactly. You have to be in the right headspace. Yeah. And I don't think... You- generally you're not ready until they reach out no exactly I never know how to answer this because I know at the time people my parents were the ones that sat me down and they're like tell you you have a problem Mm. and that day like I hated my parents because I had got caught out and I was not getting away with what I was doing And, and then I was terrified of getting fat and then I think about it and I'm like and I've had friends that said it as well and I just hated them so much at the time and it made me go even more backwards yeah do you know, it's so funny you say that because as soon as I got the label from that GP that first time of it having an, of yeah. it being anorexia or being a thing, like an illness um, and specifically a mental illness, yeah. um, giving it a label almost gave me an identity, like I, like gave yeah. me an identity. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that's who I am. And it made me worse. Yes, like it I actually agree. made me significantly worse because then I would justify my actions by saying, but this is what I do because I'm anorexic. Yeah. So... 
now I can go and work out three hours a day and have a reason for it mm-hmm. is because I've got this illness. illness. Whereas before, when I didn't have a label on it, it was kind of like, oh, it is a bit silly. Yeah. And like, I do need to check myself. Yeah. And then it was kind of like, oh no, I can do this because it's part of the sickness. Yeah. It's the, which yeah. is the weirdest mental attitude. It's it's like, so, I should be fixing this, yeah. not saying it's okay because yeah. it's part of the illness. So having said that, I'm, I, I never know how to answer it. I just think they have to be ready and yeah. or something in their life might have to happen and they get that wake up call and they're like, yeah. ooh, like, yeah. yeah, this is not normal. Advice for young girls that I might think- be on the, they, they're listening to this and they're like, oh, fuck, like mm. this is me. I want to change. But what's that first step? I would go is to it- a psychologist, I think. Would it be even admitting it out loud to someone? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, one of the things that I found absolutely incredible, I would, I honestly don't think I'd be here today without them. Um, beyond, uh, I don't know, Butterfly, I was going to say Beyond Blue, that's not oh, right. Butterfly, Butterfly Foundation. Yeah. Um, they have this, inc- I don't know, I hope it's still there. They have this incredible anonymous chat service that ran like literally 24 hours a day at like the time. Typing or like phone? typing. Get out, really? Um, and it was literally like being on MSN Messenger with a like, I didn't know this. Oh I don't think gosh. they had that when I because I had mine when I was like 14 to like 21 or something right so it might be fell and whether it still exists or not I don't know so this was like five six years ago um but I was on that when I was like because the thing is like you have your psychology appointments which are all well and good if you've already seen a psychologist but they're never at your crisis time ever so if you're having a really horrible day and you feel like you've fallen off the bandwagon or like you've done five hours of exercise and you really want to talk to someone and it's like now is the emergency moment where Mm -hmm. I need someone here to talk me through this and I'm having a panic attack and whatever and they're not there and it's like oh I'm going to see the psychologist in seven days that's great yeah you need someone to coach you and talk you down and say it's okay and I and know the right things to say yeah. without triggering something, right? So I would hop on to um, the Butterfly Foundation chat and it's anonymous and it's full of um, like coaches who are really well trained in dealing with this, any, any eating yeah. disorder across the spectrum. Um, and it's for women and guys. Um, because it's obviously not just a female affliction, right? No, yeah. So, um, and you can hop on and you can literally be like, okay, this is what happened today. I ate a croissant. I feel horrendous for it. And I want to go and do a, you know, five hour treadmill st- yeah. sesh. What can I do? And they will literally just talk you down. I and like, be like that. Oh, yeah. I hope can, that that still exists. It's amazing. I have no idea, like, yeah. I know of the Butterfly Foundation. But I think that's also cool, too, because I know when I was younger and going to a psychologist, I would lie sometimes as well to her because I was so terrified that she would judge me. Mm. I think with that it's good because you don't have that judgment because you don't know who's on the end of the computer. And I think for young girls as well, I think judgment... It's, like it's is, how it's, let's be honest it's why trolls exist right well, exactly. there's, there's no yeah. feed you don't get any judgment or no. feedback really because it's just kind of like i can say what i want yeah um and so yeah i found it incredible because then i could be i could essentially say things that i thought were too weird to say out yeah, loud exactly and yeah. and because my name wasn't on there and i didn't have a face to talk to it made me feel really safe yeah um, and I'd be on, like, I remember going on a train to work to Blacktown when I was working for Medicare. And I'm, like, literally on my chat function on my phone, like, I don't know if I'm going to get off this train and go into work. I can't deal with today. Um, and this woman who was coaching me was just absolutely incredible and was like, I'm going to stay with you. If you want me to stay on chat function oh, for the next these. three hours, you can log in at work and you can talk to me. Yeah. I'm I'm here for you. It's really common. You're not going to freak out. You're fine. And it, just having someone who understands it and sees it every day, yeah. like to be able to just log on and have instant access to it 
absolute lifesaver. So for me, that was, that was incredible. That was such a good service. And the thing is, if you if you're worried about a friend or a family, like a family member who have got symptoms but you don't know how to approach mm. it, they're really well trained as well at the Butterfly Foundation in knowing how to approach. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so they can help friends and family kind of go really delicate yeah. because it's such a it's difficult hard. topic. Yeah. Like you're dealing with someone with a mental health condition who potentially doesn't want to tackle it yet. Mm. That makes my heart so happy that that is around service, yeah. yeah and it's free like yeah it's so amazing and like absolutely massive props to those people so when you were saying like what do i what have i done i've raised money for the butterfly foundation amazing. and because i just like anything anything i can do to help those guys yeah. i just think they're incredible mm. um and they they actually don't so orthorexia is not a recognized isn't it and really? it's, it's, no, it's oh not, my god it should be it's yeah it's not recognized yet i think it was coined in like 1990 so yeah. um the there was the term's been around for ages but in terms of it being on the eating disorder scale it's classed as an eating disorder not not otherwise recognized or something it's got like a really weird like category um and so no it's not officially recognized And if you go to your gp and go i think i've got orthorexia they'd probably have to google it because it's not actually a really well used term medically um but it is it's obviously on people's radar a lot more now and it go the thing is it's going under the radar in the sense that people are are selecting diets that are restrictive to hide the fact that they have yes. an actual problem, and right? And so it's like that, ve- like I'm vegan or I'm this and yeah, I'm plant-based and I'm yeah. saving the earth. And but it's amazing. guys that they've got. But the actual, yeah, the drive is something thing. else. But like, yeah, I've even look at keto and they like, I think one, it gets dangerous when you start eliminating yeah. any food group. I think yeah, a lot of 100%. guys would have orthorexia, but they wouldn't know. Like, you know, mm. guys that are like keto Bulking, and really strict, yeah. like we've got, yeah. like oh, Sarah was saying a friend won't go out for dinner and stuff and he just like yeah, eats I boiled chicken eggs and chicken. I used and I'm to like, be like that's that. a problem. Yeah. That's like, that's not you trying to shred and like, so that's, I, an, that's an issue. That's, I think that's one of the thing when you go, if you go on the butterfly or anywhere actually, and you Google a, about um, mental health problems, although I do, I shouldn't recommend Google because it's like, you know, Dr. Google's <laughs> a nightmare and we've, we'll yeah. all have cancer if we do that. Um, but yeah, I remember researching it and being like, um, what are the, what are the signs and symptoms and what have you? And one of the, what's the line between it being a mental health problem yes. and just me being healthy? And I don't know, like you know where is it too far and it's when it starts to impact your social life yeah so when you physically can't go out for a meal you're scared to go to a party you won't have a glass of alcohol like if you normally drink and then you completely cut it out and you're scared of it or you worry about it making you fat Mm -hmm. if you feel like you have to earn food if you feel like you have to burn it off because you've been bad so it's like it's not about the action of eating the food or not eating the food it's the the mental mental attitude you have towards Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. so I could be orthorexic and be a very voluptuous size 18 and still be orthorexic mm-hmm. because my obsession is in is in your mind like yeah. a compulsive thinking it's constant yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. it's constant and so when my weight was regained i wasn't well yeah i was still very mentally in the throes of it but i had regained my weight but then it's like oh my god i'm eating a sweet potato what is this going to do to me it's carbs and like the carbs will turn sugar in my body and it'll make me fat and then i'll get insulin resistance just went on and on and on and like the conversation in your head is tiring but when you move away from that that's when you know that you're in a good space right yeah so the conversation in your head what do you do to like do you meditate like 
like what's your mental like your mental health regime yeah look like yeah so I ge- I genuinely am so grateful to say that I like I just don't have those conversations in my head anymore right like, it's fab because yeah. like I remember being completely plagued by them mm-hmm. to the point where I was exhausted and was like please stop doing this to yourself mm-hmm. like I want you to stop thinking it's exhausting it is so, so exhausting and boring yeah. like there's only so many times you can google how many calories are in an egg like and how long is it going to take yeah. to burn off like it's just not necessary yeah. Yeah. um and I think be, I I educated myself to the nth degree about every single food to the point where everything's bad for you because mm-hmm. the more you research the more you're like oh but if I eat this then I like I'm you know there's too much sugar in it or if I eat this I'm cutting out this in exchange and then I'm not going to get my greens and if I do it's just like a constant but you can't have there's no perfect diet do you know what I mean there's literally no perfect diet and like if I I don't know have a tub of ice cream somebody who's um into like um what's it like the when you eat when you're just hungry um that's me all the time. I'm like, I eat when I'm hungry. No, there's like a there's like a dietary <laughs> approach where it's like you only eat, like intuitive eating. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Right. So if you're into intuitive eating, which is obviously a really mentally healthy approach, yes, of course. You could argue that eating a fried donut is mentally healthy. It's a healthy approach to food mm-hmm. because you are not cutting out any food groups. Mm-hmm. Whereas anybody who's got cardiovascular problems and you say have a fried donut because oh, you feel like it, it's actually not healthy for yeah, it's you. Not healthy, yeah. So it's like it's just a, such a tricky head. <laughs> Oh, that's when you learn so much about food it's it's actually it's kind of ignorance is bliss sometimes i think like we yeah. just know too much and we just know that so many things are going to do yeah and I labels think, on food yeah i think i i it's have young sc- nieces growing up and they're like oh, i can't eat that that's bad food oh. that's fattening like, it's like whoa i think now like you just eat food that makes you feel good yeah you yeah. eat food that's going to make you feel good if you feel yeah. like chocolate and you feel good it's like just Absolutely. eat it if you want it just eat it and the thing that like we I, I don't know like I think we were chatting about yeah. this earlier but like we honestly used to think you have a meal or a chocolate bar and tomorrow you're gonna yeah. be huge it's yeah. and like the actual mentality of that when you think like biologically that is not possible no, it's like not. it's physically not possible yeah and so like it takes think about bodybuilders it takes them weeks and weeks and weeks of prep and like eating seven eight nine meals mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like mm. really smashing the food to the point where they feel ill yeah. to try and gain weight yeah like having a chocolate bar is not gonna ain't do gonna do it I, we've got one certain friend that's having this discussion too the other day and I really hope she listens because she needs that your voiceover in her brain <laughs> like every time she has those thoughts I'm like you need that inside your brain <laughs> so you're releasing a new book is that right no I'm not yet not? no so oh. I've just released one uh in October that was my yeah. second one okay. that was the meal prep one um I've just pitched a second oh, oh well actually I, I'm sorry that I can say this now because it got declined oh. <laughs> sad face <laughs> but I wanted to do a CBD cookbook oh my um, gosh oh my and God, I went, had this discussion about CBD a little while ago yeah we were yeah. we're just uh, are we, are we let us so we use CBD. Um, well, I mean, yeah, because you guys go to LA all the time, yeah. where it's totally oh yeah, we, legal. We, yeah. we have it in LA when it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great market. I also use it for period pain. It's amazing. Yeah. So um, I pitched a CBD cookbook because, like, obviously I'm keeping a close eye on the legislation yes, about 100%. it. So um, the reason I'm, I've done a lot of research into it is because I spent a lot of time in Canada last year. I was there five times. Um, is it and legal it's legal okay. in Canada. So both recreational and for medical purposes, you yeah. can have cannabis. Um, and I was... I'm like so anti-drug. I can't explain. Like I never used to even drink alcohol because I was just like, oh no, it affects your body in too many different ways, and I don't like having control. Like I want exactly right. I don't want to like put toxins in my body. 
Um, and I honestly, it like total life changer. I went into a dispensary because I was just like, this is baffling. Like the dispensaries. There was an old lady in there, like keeled over with a walking cane. Oh my God, and she was just like, she had a bud tender. It just died. It just made me die. Like bartender, but bud tender. And he's going, okay, and this has got limonene in it. And it's got this. And she's smelling all the weed. She's having a great time. She's like, okay, and will that help me with my arthritis? And like, oh, well, it's good for anti-inflam. And this one's good for pain. And this one's good for this. Yeah. And this won't make you high. This is high THC. This is high CBD. Um, and he's like giving her all these recommendations. And she walked away with a load of pre-rolls. And I just was like, it's, stop it. Yeah, this it's is insane. like a pharmacy. If there's people listening and they haven't, traveled overseas to either los angeles or canada you literally go to there's a med men in well, there's a few places mm. and it's literally like a pharmacy like i you can go in there and it's say, like a price I've got line anxi- yeah yeah i've got anxiety i can't sleep i've got period pain i've got a sore back arthritis yeah. and it's so crazy i think a lot of people will be like what's cbd but oh, they pretty much explain what it is we're very uneducated here no, on cbd hemp thc because we just like, don't have access to it i guess no. right so um it's um i always pronounce it wrong i want to say cannabidiol but i think people say it differently i, I, I say cannabidiol yeah oh okay yeah. um cbd right yeah, so um it's um, the it's an extract from cannabis that's yes. the non-psychoactive component, whereas THC, which is tetrahydrocannabinoid, I'm going to say that wrong. People are going to be rolling their eyes. I don't know. I just say call it. it THC. I'm like, yeah. that's the stuff that like that makes, that makes you, you go high. <laughs> so that's the stuff that can make you high. But both have medicinal properties, yes, they do. and in theory, when they're mixed together, they have um, a synergistic effect. So they both essentially help each other to have mm-hmm. more medicinal benefits. So um, quite often, there's a, there's strains that are medicinal benefit that for medicinal benefits that are like 20 to 1 of CBD to THC because you just want that tiny bit of THC to help the CBD do its thing. Um, but it's really interesting because the not to get too sciencey, but the body has got a whole system in there called um, the endocannabinoid system. And which with, is just like the lymphatic system. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, 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 with all the receptors on. And one's good for um, CB1 and one's CB... So you've got CB1 receptors and CB2 receptors um, and they do different things within your body, right? So CB1, I'm going to get this wrong. I think THC attaches better to CB1 and CBD attaches better to CB2. I think that's right, confused.com. But basically one's more attractive to the, to the receptors than the other, the different types of receptors. Um, and so, and they're located in different parts of the body. So THC, a majority of the receptors are near the brain, which is why you obviously have the psychoactive effects. Ah. Um, and so that's kind of how it works. And then like all the gut stuff is CBD, really interestingly. So that's ah. where a lot of your receptors are in the gut for mm-hmm. CB2. Um, so, but it, like there's obviously some all over, it's like, as you were saying, like the lymphatic system. Um, so there's some of a bit of a mix all over your body, but the primary like focus of the stuff that's THC is in your brain. So it's, it's fascinating. It's like neuroprotective. It does a million different things and there's yeah. so much science behind it and research papers, but obviously it was um, banned in Australia, well, banned all across the world. as like yeah. this horrible drug yeah. um, and it was just, you know, so wrongly demonized. And from a medical perspective now, I'm fascinated with studying it for a nutrition perspective because there are, you can access it in Australia. Yeah. Um, there are some clinics that are making it very accessible, which is incredible. Um, and it's, it, but only obviously for certain indications. Yeah. So it has to be for if you've got epilepsy or like nausea from cancer or whatever. whatever. Um, and it's just not open to the masses. So the CBD um, component, obviously, which is non-psychoactive, has a million different benefits. So um, one being pain, one being better sleep, um, reduced anxiety. And so obviously we're all like, yes, give yeah. me that. Like tip, That's tip, my tip. life. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted to do a, bu- a cookbook that was oh, all... 
CBD infused recipes um, and do like even cocktails and all that jazz um, and bake with it because it can be heated. Um, And so... Yeah, I wanted to do that. But I, when I went and pitched it to my publishers, I'm like so keen. I'm like, we're going to be so ahead of the curve, guys. I'm going to be the first one to get a CBD book out in Australia. And she, God love Jane, my publisher. She's amazing. She went and did a load of research. She's like, honestly, hon, too early for the market. Really? Like people just can't, if it's not accessible in Priceline, yeah. you're not going to get you, the people to buy your book. Yeah. Can you release it in the States? Potentially. So yeah, I have a publisher in the US that got my book this time, Simon & Schuster. Yeah, I saw that. Um, So um, their imprint, Tiller Press, are amazing. And they're actually lifestyle and really forward thinking. And they've just brought a book out about like transgender people. They're just, they're really, really cool. Um, and they're trying to push books that are left field. You should pitch So it. I think I might pitch though, guys, because I came up with this beautiful presentation. Yeah. I was so proud of myself in Canva. I spent hours in there. Yeah. And I'm like so we stoked. Canva. Um, and yeah, I, um, but that obviously was just a bit too early for the market. So the, my second idea um, has, is sat with publishers now. So I won't like break the excitement in case it goes yeah, through. Yeah, don't do that. Um, but yeah, that's um, sat with the publishers. And again, like it's really good. They go and do the research. In terms of like the, the process of getting a book published, you basically go to a publisher and say this is my idea it's fairly well developed these are like the chapters that I've got an idea you know like this is the structure I want to see um and essentially this is my following and this is how many people I'd reach and this is my target audience what do you think and then they go away and do the research and say is it commercial or is it not yeah how many copies would we want to print that kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and then they work out like the cost so for me I'm obviously cheap which is great because I do all my own photography and styling so ordinarily they'd be hiring two separate people and then trying to break even on that and they photographers for a cookbook's like 40 grand yeah um wow. so yeah it's i'm i'm a i'm a cheapie which is kind of helpful so that. hopefully that gets it across the line well, as well I hope, I, I think jack of all trades to the usa 100 yeah do the cbd one yes, yeah 100%. i'd be so keen i feel like there's a lot of cbd have you seen a lot of like in, cannabis books and stuff in the US. Not cannabis books, but we see a lot of cannabis products. So yes. obviously at like the supermarkets lattes and Yeah, and lattes. There's yeah. a coffee store on Melrose now in LA. And all, all the coffee stores do it actually. You can yeah. choose to have CBD infused lattes. and. Like, I've seen now that there's stopped. Um, there's Obviously people have been doing extracts for ages, right? So it's normally yeah. sublingual drops or paste. Yes. Um, and so, but I've seen a new company. I don't want to shout them out, but I will anyway, just because uh-huh. I just think they're so cool. I think it's called Mondo. Okay. I don't know if you've seen them. And it's powdered CBD. So you oh, can now really? actually, but like fully properly bake with it, put it in your smoothie. And it like doesn't have a weird, because um, it's extracted in alcohol normally, yeah, right? Or like, like in a carrier yeah, oil. Yeah. So then you get a, like a bit of a weird taste, like it's either in hemp oil or olive yeah. oil, and then it tastes a bit gross. Um, now you can get it in this flavorless powder and it's dissolvable. So you can put it in everything and oh, you wow. can't taste we'll it at all. look at that and then put it in the show notes for yeah. anyone internationally listening. <laughs> the, the, the can access Pretty sure they don't ship to Australia, yeah. guys. Sorry. So we always play this game with the end of a podcast, and I'll let Sarah go through it because you love this. I'm game. nervous. Oh, this I'm is rubbish at games. No, this is, okay. this is fun. This is fun. I love food. This so is Sarah's segment, so I'm like, I'll pass it over to Sarah. Whenever Tal and I we need a distraction, we play this game. We're like, okay, like if you could have your last dying meal, what would it have? You can have. You got a bit entree, entree, mm. main dessert. I'd probably take five courses, but okay, three well, let's, do five. Five. <laughs> let's do five. Let's do five. Let's do five. I'm such a fatty. <laughs> Just. Joking. I just really love food. Yeah, I, I love just food. love food. I mean, and I find I think you can tell a lot by a person by the food that Actually, they yeah, pick in this game. True. I think that's like true. some people get really like um, like nostalgic homey. Yeah. and homey. Like so, if, if I was 
if I was playing this game and I had to pick for you, for maybe your shire pudding, that's the only yeah, thing like I know. Ooh. Maybe like a roast like with mushy peas. Or I, kind don't, of I don't know. Do you know that the thought of that makes me want to gag? Yeah, yeah I was going to say, funny. I this is what I mean. So. Like, even though it's like really delicious home, like it's, it's what I had growing yeah. up. I think it was so, sorry, mom, so <laughs> overcooked. Yeah. Okay. Like that it was chewy. All the veg were like completely like, like soft and wet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah. smell, like, I don't even really love red meat anymore. So like the, the thought of having a roast makes me want to gag and Yorkshire pudding not into it I've never like, had not one, my so jam I guess so, entree what would you entree pick? okay so I'd go um well Port Stevens oysters yum, yum. Um, natural oh natural mm-hmm. yeah for sure um and then or, or Sydney Rocks oh god I'm picking oh god, such I, a love, I, I love <laughs> it's oysters. not my real dying meal Sal it's okay <laughs> um I would probably have um some sort of kingfish sashimi or like yeah. sashimi of any kind. I yeah. love scallops and like anything raw. Because I've spent so much time in Japan, just like such a Can foodie. Can you have scallops raw? Yes. yes. <gasps> Slice scallops are incredible. Kind of. I do not know. Yeah. They'll take a scallop and like slice it into yeah. three oh, no, lengthways. I think I have had it raw. Um, octopus is delish. There's Yum. So, oh, so many good things. That fry. Just give me all the raw fish. So they have a raw platter for you, like raw yes. seafood yeah. platter. With a little bit of wasabi, sold. That would be another one. Yeah. Um, probably for Maine, I would do salmon. Yep. Just like a get baked some cri- crispy or? skin. Oh, yeah. nah, crispy that's my favorite thing with ever. Heaps of salt. Yeah, like I have thing. no problem with just eating out of a pinch pot. Don't yeah. care. Like I've got yeah, a bit of yeah. a problem with it. So I would heap that on and I'd probably do some sort of like delicious avocado puree and some fresh steamed greens. Yum. Delish. And then I might go to Asia Town and have a little bit of soy with it and some, yeah, I don't know, yeah, yeah. and some chili flakes. Um, and then probably for dessert, so this segment doesn't go on forever. Uh-huh. Sorry, I could just talk about food all No, day. I think people love food and it's yeah. such a thing that connects everyone. We're like, we're sitting here like, I know, I'm so you're intrigued. We're all salivating. Say, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> um, I think for dessert, it would probably be, this is so old school, you know, you're just saying about homey stuff. Mm. I reckon I'd go for like a school nostalgic thing of jam rolling poly which is really? so wait what's a jam roly poly so it's like this really like steamed. dodgy steamed yeah. pudding with je- so it's like jam and like this weird thick pastry I stuff like rolled I feel like I had that in primary school is it like, like sponge they bake yeah. it like but you think, think, isn't it suet? I'm going to yes, we're going to go suet. It's suet with jam yeah. rolled yeah. and then cooked. Wait, what's it called? Jam roly poly. But then you've got to have it with custard otherwise it's gross. Yeah. Wow. My other like weird. If I was going to pick something weird, oh yes, I know what that is. Jamro poly, yum. I would probably. This is such a weird thing. I used to, as a child, I used to eat butter because my my mom only used to have ever have margarine in the house because apparently butter was bad for oh, you back in the day. Too. Gross. Yeah. And so when I used to go to my grandma's house, she had actual butter and it was salted, and I like had this salt thing, and I would stand and eat it with a tablespoon. Oh no, like just butter. Really? Yeah, disgusting. Um, and obviously, like, not good for you at all, but it was I've delish. I've done that accidentally at a restaurant and thought it was cheese. <laughs> I'm like, eh, that's not brie. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it, even as a teenager, I would literally, I would use butter as a condiment on hot things. So, like, if I had hot chips oh, or no, if that, I had I sausages, yeah. I would literally, like, full oh, sausages? Pa- throw it on a sausage. Oh, God, guys. Really? Yeah, it is heaven. It's just, like, on potatoes, yes. 
it, it's any condom, anything that's warm that needs a condiment, butter really? is the way to go because really? it just melts and then it's salty and oh, creamy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh my I'm god, I'm like tomato sauce, like just give me all the ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Swap your ketchup yeah. for butter once. I will. See I'll how try. You've been. I'll it, try. Is, it is addictive though. Yum. Thank you so much for sitting down and having a chat with us. Thank you for having me. That's gone really quick. I love really talking quick. to you. And I, I feel um, like I've gossiped for too long. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Do you want a drink of water? Thank you so 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 much. Thank you, guys. Is the best. Yay! Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.